everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are getting Cheetalicious. We are talking about the Cheetah Girls, and I'm sure many of you are wondering, Alex, you've been talking uh, recently about a lot of stellar films, real knock-it-out-of-the-park classics, uh, you know, those films that stand the test of time. Uh, why are you reviewing Cheetah Girls, and not just the Cheetah Girls, but also the Cheetah Girls 2 and the Cheetah Girls 1 World? Why would you want to review those? Well, it's an interesting story. Uh, I was chatting with some friends, and we were reminiscing on uh, past Disney Channel original movies. And, uh, you know, the classic nostalgia talk, one person brings up, oh, did you ever see Even Steven's movie? And then everyone goes, oh, yeah, well, what about uh, the 13th year? Oh, and uh, what about the Cheetah Girls? And I said, well, I actually haven't seen the Cheetah Girls. And um, everyone was pretty surprised by that. Uh, I I would like to think that I am a huge Disney fan. And I was also at that age uh, where I was watching all of what Disney Channel had to offer in terms of, again, even Stevens, The Proud Family, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other shows, but um, I, I guess, you know, That's So Raven, uh, since she's in these, um, these movies, but... What was interesting was during that time, I never actually got into the Cheetah Girls. And, uh, you know, the easy answer to that is because I was a boy and I, uh, you know, was like, ooh, the Cheetah Girls, I don't really, you know, wasn't really interested in them. But I don't think that holds up because I'm also a huge, huge fan of Cowbells, uh, Read It and Weep, and Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. All three of those were movies that I I had on actually on VHS tape, back when you could record onto a VHS tape, I had copies of the Even Stevens movie and the Lizzie McGuire movie. Uh, But then when it became that you could burn it on the DVDs, I had DVDs of Read It and Weep, Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, and um, Cowbells. But then I actually bought a DVD of Cowbells. So uh, I don't think it was the fact that it was, you know, a quote-unquote girl movie. I never really looked at them as such, and I actually liked a lot of those kinds of movies i think it just fell by the wayside and then i grew up and and didn't really think too much about it but uh that's kind of where i was at and i said you know what i'm gonna check these films out they are all incredibly short they are at right about an hour and 30 minutes each uh so it was really easy to power through these in a couple of days and all well i was gonna say all three of them but uh they all star the cheetah girls uh who are raven simone as galleria uh, Adrian Houghton as Chanel, and she used to go by Adrian Ballone, apparently, according to IMDb. Uh, Keely Williams as Aqua, and then Sabrina Bryan as Dorinda. And I also had an interesting call out to say that Keely Williams and Adrian Ballone were in 3LW, which, if any of you don't know, that is a uh, it was a, a girl group back in the late 90s that uh, did songs like I believe it was uh, Players Gonna Play and No More. Uh, I'd have to double check on that, but um, but I enjoyed them and had no idea that two of the Cheetah Girls were in that uh, girl band. But like I said, the third film does not have Raven Simone in it, so we'll dive into that as well. Um, but this is going to be kind of a brief conversation. Again, there's not a lot to talk about in regards to these movies. There's certainly a lot of good feelings to have. I uh, I enjoyed, for the most part, all three of these films, though I will say each one got uh, 
in a sense, progressively worse each time. I, I really liked the first Cheetah Girls movie, and that is probably because I remember seeing so many Cheetah Girls commercials on the Disney Channel. Uh, even so, on top of that, I have a Mega Movie Mix CD uh, from Disney that has like some songs that I absolutely fell in love with at the time, like uh, The Tide is High from... Uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie, and also, I mean, it's got, like, it had Grazing in the Grass, it had, uh, but then also had Cinderella, and, um, and so I had listened to Cinderella a lot, and completely forgot that that was a Cheetah Girls song, so, uh, that one's in this movie, and it just, it was a good movie, I, I liked the message of, hang, you know, your friends are kind of like family, and you don't, you don't give up on your friends, even if it's for a record deal with a really sleazy man named Jackal, uh, but overall, like I said, the movie, it's corny. It's got its corny bits, but I really liked the performances. I thought Raven Simone was great, and it made me miss her because I remember how uh, sassy she was in That's So Raven and also in the That's So Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and then again in The Cheetah Girls. But, um, but yeah, so that's, again, that's about as much as I can say about that. Uh, and Cheetah Girls 2 was uh, all right as well. Um, I liked the idea that they went to Spain, but everything in it kind of just felt like, oh, of course, like, of course they would find a ad to, like, at the last minute join this Spanish music competition uh, and I guess be the only people from outside of the country that are going to be allowed to perform in it. And then, obviously, the mom who's trying to upset them and get them out of the running. That was very obvious from the very beginning. I mean, they didn't do a lot to hide it. But that's because these are just, these are a classic movie for a young audience that is teaching, again, a strong message about keeping your friends close and not letting them down. Uh, and uh, I guess the big takeaway from this one, and obviously it's because it was said over and over and over at the end of the movie, is that... Uh, the, the cheetahs are your amigas. They are friends for life. And uh, it's a good message. And I liked. I also liked in this one uh, some more development for both of the moms. I think it was uh, Raven's mom and, and Adrian's mom because uh, that was the reason they were going to Spain in the first place. Some of the songs in here I liked a little bit more than the first movie. Um, but again, there were just some performances here like uh, Angel, who is like the nephew of the guy who's putting on the contest. He would just appear in random spots playing his guitar, and it was a very sultry guitar. Uh, very, It reminded me of Antonio Banderas in a sense, or I guess just from, it reminded me of some of the music from um, The Mask of Zorro. And he was a little strange, but even then as well, um, there was a couple of other people, like the the guy who was trying to uh, get into, um, let me find his name, uh, Joaquin, who uh, was trying to date Dorinda. Uh, that part was it didn't really hit well with me. Um, but again, this it, I currently, as I am right now, I am not the target audience for this movie. But I, I did enjoy it because, again, when I was that age, I would have liked that movie. And I would have watched it because I saw commercials for this film as well. And then we get to uh, Cheetah Girls One World, which is uh, definitely the worst of the three uh, because Raven is not in this. She wanted to focus more on her solo singing and movie career, you know, more power to her. But uh, the three, uh, the trio of cheetahs, if you will, uh, get an opportunity to become a part of a Bollywood movie in India. 
Little do they know, though, that there's only one part available for the three of them, so the whole rest of the movie is them trying to vie for that part, and it's it's hit or miss, I guess. I mean, you, there's definitely an absence felt from uh, Raven not being in this movie, but they did the best that they could in regards to growing as cheetahs and kind of trying to maintain continuity, but the so- I didn't think the songs were as good. The setting was very interesting. I liked that it was in India. Um, I don't know if it actually filmed in India. I doubt it. But then there was there was a whole side sort of conversation, not conversation, but a side relationship between Aqua and this guy named, uh, what was his name? Like uh, he ha- he went by two different names, but um, it was like uh, John three five seven or something like that. He basically was tech support for uh, for Aqua, and he. Um, they end up meeting in India and she was like, oh yeah, like I wished I could meet him in person. And he's like, well, my actual name is this, an Indian name. And my actual voice sounds like this. And I, I understand that I learned about that in school, uh, or when I was going to college for business, I learned about how, uh, in India or in, in other countries, a lot of the people there that work in tech support or customer service for American based companies, they will often change their voice and name for the call so that the person on the other line is more comfortable speaking with them. Uh, to me, that's crazy. I, I don't, I would not be bothered by somebody, you know, telling me their real name and talking to me in their real voice. But from a business perspective, I, I get it. There are a lot of bigots out there that would uh, maybe talk rudely towards somebody like that or just assume, oh, you know, you're you're uh, Indian and, and all you can do is tech support sort of thing. So I, I liked that they called that out as a thing like, yep, that's And they just said like, yep, that's how it is. And they kind of moved on. So I was like, at least they called it out. But then he went and used his American accent the whole rest of the movie. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, we're in India now, and you've kind of shown that you're you're sort of a good person. Uh, or in, in terms of, like, you know, we like you as an audience. Like, just be yourself. Talk in your regular voice. And it didn't happen, and I was kind of weirded out by that. I was like, oh, I hope they're not trying to do that for a quote-unquote American audience on the Disney Channel. But... I know D- Disney does the best that they can, uh, but they also have a lot of room to grow in that regard. And this movie came out in 2008, so I'm sure they've come quite a ways since then. But uh, needless to say, it was something that I noticed and I-, I wanted to call out. But again, the movie ended very abruptly. We got to the spot where it was like, ooh, okay, so which one of the cheetahs is going to get chosen? And of course... They said, you know what, none of us are going to do it. We're all going to leave. But then they end up celebrating at the end. So, um, And then it just ends. And so I was like, okay. So yeah, like I said, I did not like that one as much as I liked the other two. But the thing that I wanted to talk about more so, honestly, than the movies, was uh, the thought around uh, the Disney Channel. And uh, just this interesting concept we sort of were talking about of, um, you know, right now we've got Disney Plus, uh, a streaming service that provides all kinds of Disney content ad free as long as you pay every month. And they also come out with their own Disney Plus originals. Now, that may seem like a concept that was uh, swiped right from Netflix. But I would argue that that is also a um, that is also something 
that was swiped that Netflix swiped from Disney because that is the Disney Channel. That was like the that was the revelation that I had was the Disney Channel was the original Disney Plus, and obviously other other channels as well had that like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network that sort of stuff. But when you think about it, all these Disney Channel original movies. They're just Disney Plus originals. It's just that the streaming service was the Disney Channel, and it was free, so you got ads. But for the most part, those commer- I loved the commercials because it was always stuff for more Disney content, and I always thought that was great. Things like Mike's Super Short Show, I, I think was Disney Channel. But um, they always did really cool little bits in between the shows and the commercial breaks for the movies, so I was okay with it. But that, to me, is, is just an interesting concept that I don't think anyone really talks about of that. A lot of these places kind of were pioneering their own streaming service in a sense to create original content for their fans on their channel that was financed directly by them i mean disney just made movies they made three cheetah girl movies they did three high school musical movies they've got read it and weep wendy Wu homecoming warrior you've got the the i guess cherry on the top of even stevens with the even stevens movie the proud family movie there's just so much good content that came out during that time and yeah they weren't oscar-winning movies but still as a kid they were so much fun and uh it's just it was interesting to think about that of like when disney plus came out i was thinking oh i can't wait to see what cool new content disney is gonna make like this is a big deal and i didn't even realize like well i already lived through that like i already lived through the the disney channel boom that uh continued long after i was out of it with uh you know the the stuff that came out I, i stopped watching the disney channel uh, I would say probably in high school, I think is when it was. And even then I was watching it mostly when I was babysitting. Um, and that was around like Hannah Montana, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, um, uh, Corey in the house was another great one. And, uh, but then after that I stopped watching. So like stuff like good luck, Charlie, I think is, is one of them. Or, um, there was like, I saw the, the movie, the princess protection program didn't catch that. Um, but it's just cool that they kept coming out with new kind of generations of content for their users. And so, yeah, okay, in 2008, we got the Cheetah Girls, but this year we've gotten the Mandalorian and we've also gotten uh, stuff like Timmy Failure. And now I guess you could technically say Mulan since it's debuting on Disney Plus and, uh, you know, things like that. So just just a really cool concept to think about. And on that thought, too, it's really interesting, or I guess we should just all be super, super grateful for our ability right now uh, in our time period to be able to literally watch almost anything that we want. Like, oh, I, you know, I, oh, I didn't know, I forgot about the Cheetah Girls. Like, boom, I'm on Disney Plus. All three of them are there, uh, along with literally every other Disney Channel movie. Um, and a Disney Channel original movie, the other Disney movies, the Fox movies that are on there too. Like, God, 10 years ago, I would I would have been like, oh, great, now I got to go to the library and find this movie, and I wouldn't have done it. And that's probably why I didn't watch them is because I could never see them when they were on TV. Like, I didn't know when they would show up. You've got to look at the, like, TV guide on the, on the TV to find out exactly when. But that's probably why they did commercials too, right? Like, they... Uh, they would say, oh, you know, on Thursday, we're going to be watching the Cheetah Girls or the Cheetah Girls is premiering on Disney uh, Disney Channel. Whereas now it's like, okay, all I have to do is is type in Cheetah Girls and all three of those movies pop up. Like we live in an amazing, amazing time. 
Um, but that is is kind of my discussion on Cheetah Girls. This is a shorter uh, podcast, but again, uh, a shorter podcast for a shorter movie. Uh, but wanted to call this out because I, I think uh, nostalgia is really important and, and kind of a good bit of escape right now for all the things that are going on uh, in the world, all the tragedies that have been happening. I know sometimes it's just fun to pop in a movie and uh, kind of forget about your problems for a couple of hours. And so what better way to do that than to find a childhood movie that uh, you watched back in the day and uh, kind of watch it again with fresh eyes. Uh, So that is going to do us for us here on Comics and Cinema on this special episode. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at arobotswink or on Instagram at arobotswink. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at the movies.